Oh, geez, there's the intro. Sammy Hewitt not here today. He's at, he's at the zoo. It's going to be a bit of a zoo with he me. Is zoo. He is a zoo. He's a llama. It's Sammy Zoo. He's a Sammy Zoo. Uh, Kempi, Rugby League Hour, running it straight. Fantastic to have everybody's company. I, I understand this goes on YouTube and all sorts of things. Mate, go, it goes everywhere. It's going viral, is uh, running it straight. We've got loads of people that come in. Uh, just um, actually seen a couple of boys that want to do a podcast next week. Just uh, as a guest, me and Sammy came get on obviously with the league you know like we call the league um, and all the Warriors games home and away as you know Steffi because you're our uh, sideline eye and and uh, running it straight in league on the station you know as, as everyone around the South Pacific knows rugby league in Australia and New Zealand is massive you know what I mean so I always I always say to people that don't know our Melbourne crew well rugby league in New Zealand is like AFL in, in Melbourne um, Australia if you go over there and you look through all of their media you don't see rugby people, it's all rugby league people. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and, and rugby league down here, I think, especially through SENZ, who I think is really good with it, is finally getting the profile that they that that it deserves. Because everyone, as you see with the Warriors, the way they're going this year, everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon. I led my show today at 12 o'clock, Kempe, with the CEO of Canterbury Rugby League, Malcolm Hum, uh, who announced um, a partnership with... The Canterbury Bank Sound Bulldogs. Mm. Canterbury and Canterbury uh, joining forces. I've just grabbed a little bit of um, little bit of audio from that chat. It's, you can go back and listen on the Afternoons of Staffy podcast if you want the full the full deal. Uh, but the first thing, um, which one should we play first? The limitation of destinations to play play pro rugby league in New Zealand. Just being a one club. One uh, one country club in the NRL with the Warriors is, is, is did that form part of his decision? We know there's a there's a hot pot of youth, whether it be male or female, in New Zealand rugby league, and and they're all looking for opportunities, right? And as you say, there is only we've got one NRL team, um, one NRL club in in New Zealand. So um, I guess the other piece around this is that you know we're not looking for these kids to be just uprooted um, early on. Um, we know that NRL clubs like the youth to be to remain in New Zealand until they finish their schooling. So we saw this as an opportunity in terms of how we can support Canary Bulldogs in the development of those those youth until they have to shift over the ditch if they need to. Uh, next question. I'll get you to just hold on there, Kimmy. I can see you busting at your harness. Um, next question I asked was: Had he had talks with the Warriors of a, a similar type deal being arranged? Look, we had some really, um, some really early conversations. That, but you know, we recognise that you know the Warriors were uprooted right and relocated for a year or two, and um, and I think they're still putting their building blocks in place in terms of some of those lower grades and those development areas. So, yeah, we certainly had some early conversations, but we felt in terms of timing. Um, the fit might have been best for both the Warriors and ourselves um, with, with the Bulldogs at the stage, yeah. Final thing I asked them about, uh, the success that the Warriors are having, not only on the field, but the the uh, engagement they're getting with their fan base, the sold-out signs for their home games, has that helped Rugby League in Canterbury? Oh, mate, I, I think so. And I actually, I just, I'll just come back. Um, we've got a relationship with the Warriors. Uh, we're just not in a partnership with them like the Bulldogs. So we just need to make that clear. We do. A, we have a good relationship with the Warriors. Um, we've certainly seen um, increased interest, and that's just around the traps. Um, 
we see a hell of a lot more Warriors jerseys around the tracks as well. I've just been down to Omaru for a youth competition and, um, you know, people were excited inside the should be. And we saw in February, just here in Christchurch, when um, New Zealand Warriors play the Melbourne Storm, you know, it was a sold-out crowd, you know, and that's it's just testament, I think, to, to what the Warriors are doing in New Zealand rugby league. So there we go. That's just a few clips, Kempi. A lot of ground to cover there. Um, I'll just, without uh, plunging you one way or the other, what's your initial reaction? Uh, yeah, good, good bloke, Malcolm. You know, he's doing a good job down there with Canterbury. They had their finals on the weekend, which Hornby, Hornby won, you know, with a number of women's teams and youth teams and all that down there. So he's doing a good job on the ground down there. Just to just dispel some myths, you know, um, the NRL, and this is one of the problems that they're going to have to watch out in the future, that the game in Australia, especially for the youth grades, is dying. So where are they going to go? Well, they can only go to one place that, that presents the same type of um, youthful player of Polynesian descent because that's where it's going. They come to New Zealand. They'll, one thing that he, he I, I disagree with him, Australians have never wanted our kids to stay here and finish school. All right, there's a system over there in Australian schoolboys that starts at Form 1 and it takes them through to high school and they just finished the Australian schoolboys last week. Every high school wants the best players in New Zealand and Australia to come through their school. So if you talk to any of the boys that are coming through those pathways, either go to Kibra High, Corumbum, you're talking Waverley High and you're talking to the West, West Sydney schools out there. So for him to say that they want them to stay here, well, we'll wait and see if that actually happens. Um, but the biggest issue that I can see coming up here, and it's got nothing nothing to do with the Canterbury Rugby League because they're building partnerships. He's talking about coaching and I think that's fantastic, absolutely fantastic because the one thing that's missing in this country is coaching and, and Phil Gould would have had something to do with that because he understands that. But the one problem that I have is that the NRL and NZRL are allowing our players to just be, to, to be taken from, um, from the pathways that aren't here. Their job is to co- complete pathways, to create pathways. So, but aren't the pathways to Australia because there's only finite positions at the Warriors? No, there is the the well. Let's let's see that you, what you're talking about. Yes, so that's the end goal. Okay, so there's not enough positions in any of one club in one country. All right, there's not enough. There's not enough positions. But that doesn't mean that you can't create pathways here for these kids. So you're to, what you're talking about is tournament-based um, um, promotion for NRL clubs to pinch these players and take them overseas. So it's not good. So you, what, are you, what are you missing is the middle here, Steph. So what's happening to our clubs? What's happening to our – we've got no youth teams. We've got no 16s, 14s, 15s, 18s competitions across the country. We may have them in pockets, but there's no pathways. And we're never going to be able to create them if we continue to allow the – and this is the problem. Because the game is dying in the youth grades in Australia, they're just coming in and taking all of our kids. So the game – like you, you always hear me say the game's on life support. It will remain on life support because the pathways aren't being created. Now, the national body need to step up. They need to step up. There's enough kids over here to create a second team. You know, Is there enough money? Well, see, that's when you talked about semi-professional competitions. Mm. You know, So we used to have semi-professional competitions right up until the Bartercard Cup when they threw that out, and that was a pathway that came through. We used to have 18s and 16 competitions way back in the early 2000s. Now, yes, it can be created, but it's, it's hard work. Mm. You know, it, it actually means that for your three hundred, your your, your two hundred, your three hundred thousand dollars you get in your back pocket, you've got to actually go out and work for it. Now, who's going to do that? 
you know, and I don't I, look. I don't begrudge that it's happening down in Canterbury, and we obviously spoke about it with the Auckland Rugby League. Um, and every kid deserves an opportunity, but it's like the origin conversation. You know, we we either we either accept it and become the recruitment bed, so just play tournaments and go. You know what I mean? Any kid, you know, don't come from a league club because we don't have league club um, players. They just come in and they form a team and NRL picks them up. Um, or we get the work and we create competitions and pathways. They still end up, the, the end product still happens. But what happens is you grow the game of rugby league in this country. That's the part of the conversation that people are missing. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where Where is it broken down, Kimby? Is it the fact that there's too many governing bodies? Because from... I'm not clo- as close to league as you are. I see, I see the Warriors. I see New Zealand Rugby League. I see Auckland Rugby League. I see Canary Rugby League. I see Wellington Rugby League. These rugby leagues all over the place. There's no synergy from my from my eyes. Look, yeah, I look every. I, you know, we can argue this till the cows come home because it's just not rugby league. It's every national sporting organisation, mm. and you're talking professionalism and amateurism getting tied up and then an amateur sporting national body trying to bring the two together. And it doesn't work. That's why I always say that the NRL should include us as a third state and come in and run it, just like New South Wales and Queensland, until they get up them up to that standard and put the pathways in place. And the Warriors, I, feel re- I do feel really sorry for the Warriors in this case. You know, they've got um, an NRL franchise. It's like, it's like saying, well, you know, You've, you've got your team, it's in New Zealand, you should have first dibs on your players, the best players come here, but unfortunately we're not going to send them to you, we're going to send them to Canterbury, we're going to send them to Manly, we're going to send them to Parramatta. It's like the Warriors going into Parramatta, it's like Warriors going into Manly and saying, well we're going to come down um, down to the Corso in Manly and we're going to take the Trebojevich brothers. You know what I mean? It's like going out to Parramatta and saying, Cutherson and... and and um, you know those those players from Parramatta, we're going to take take them. So there's that issue, but you can't have them all, and you can't keep them all. Mm. But you should be able to create an opportunity in your own backyard to probably pro- profile and try and recruit the best. Well, we don't seem to be able to do that. And I do feel I do feel really sorry sorry for the Warriors because they've been away for two years. They've come back and they've done the right thing. So they're talking 16s and 18s, which is fantastic, because underneath, see. This is the part that's missing. Underneath that is the competition to select them. Yeah? Mm. Well, we don't have that competition. We're guessing. We're guessing. Because they say, hey, open day. Bring all your boots down and we're just going to pick, try and pick the best ones. So the national body, what are they doing? Where they should be able to say, you know, like devil's advocate here, you should be able to say, well, we're looking for six front rowers, three centres, you know, three fullbacks, da-da-da bringing all your best players up and, and forming a competition, and we, this is exactly who we're looking for in these tournaments or these club competitions, you know. And, and we don't have to, we don't have to um, look too far at the, outside the box here. Rugby Union does it through school systems, you know what I mean, um, through club competitions. Unfortunately for us, that tier is missing. And what's happening now, and this is, the mass, this is an issue, because the game is dying in Australia, in the youth sector... Where do you think they're going to go? Where do you think they're coming? Yeah. Well, I mean, they've been, they've always been here, mm. but now they're saying we need a relationship with you. We are actually all coming in and we're building it. Now there are there are you know some positives out of it, but I just think you know if we're on life support, mate, we're going to have to bring out the paddles every now and then just to kick kickstart it. If our boys are just going to be taken over, I, look, I don't believe that they. 
they want to leave them here in school. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just think, look, there's 500 plus kids leave to go to Australia every year. And all you have to do is phone up the New Zealand Rugby League and ask them how many transfers did you, did you have this year to Australia? And they'll tell you. Between mm. 500,000 kids every year. Jeez, that's a lot. Well, we, can't, we, can, we can't have a second team, please. Mm. All right, so that's the big news. Canterbury Rugby League has signed an agreement with Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. And um, in the last day, I actually got a text saying, uh, this, is Phil, this has got Phil Gould written all over it. He's, he's patient in building super clubs. He did it with Penrith and he's identified. He had a little, dipped his toes in with the Warriors as a consultant. He's seen the talent here. He's seen how potentially dysfunctional it is here without those pathways that Kempi has just been talking about. And he's jumped in. So um, there'll be some winners and there'll be some losers. But we're going to concentrate next. Uh, we'll look back. Before we look forward, we're going to have a look back at that great Warriors win uh, last weekend. But uh, we'll play an ad break. And out of that, there's a new Warriors song. I predict it'll go to number one in New Zealand. <laughs> and we'll play that out of this ad break and tell us what you think of it. Jeff Arno, this could be our year. Up when Marcelo runs it back, Tohu's leading from the front. We're moving up the table like a hot cross bun. Then we see Shui Guy, the coach's box behind. Blocker Roach is saying that the team is doing fine. Shawnee shows a six pack, Dylan just scores some tries. Looking at his curls, is that a perm? Us Channel 9, up the wires. Up the wires, up the wires. Bringing out of trouble with chance running from the back. Then we give the ball off to our big monster pack. AFB and Mitch Barnett, Jackson Ford Buncey. If the ref's rubbish, then our sponsor sends a tweet. Up the wires. Up the wires. There we are. We're not 100% sure where that's come from. We're led to believe that Jared Cronin, who's got a, is it a Warriors Anonymous podcast, something like that? <laughs> very good. It goes on. That's not even half of it. It is very, very clever. Uh, which leads us to last week's game, Kempi. Um, everyone said we couldn't get ahead of ourselves. Parramatta got a lot of players out. Origin, bloody, bloody, blah. No one predicted a 36-point drubbing of Parramatta in Parramatta. Well, it's always hard going over there at Bangkok Stadium to, to win too. You know, Parramatta normally play well. They started the game, um, you know, as if they were showing up to play for the full 80 minutes, but it just wasn't the case. And given the f- fact that coming off that bye against Brisbane, uh, Brisbane having a few out, they, they got done down in Hawke's Bay and then South Sydney, they were meant to win that. You know, again, South Sydney had a few out. They lost two centres prior to kick off and they get done. Uh, both those games in the rain, let, let, me, um, let me say, uh, where the track was fine at Parramatta, and they put on a clinic. You could see where well, you're calling the game on Saturday night, um, just how much they needed to really tighten the game up and go through the middle. And there's a stage in the game, Staffy, uh, Staffy where Wade Egan gets out of dummy half and jumps out of the right, and he finds a middle runner come down, and he got that quicker play the ball that the game went frantic, mm. like really quickly, because the, the whole of the team, the Warriors team, went wow, this is where we're going. And it was everyone wanted their hands on the football and then it just started to, it was that, that snowball effect that started to steam through the middle of the park. So it was a very, very good win for them, um, especially on the back of 22 
disappointed fans in the rain that showed up for that game against South Sydney. Um, and, a, and a critical game too, f- um, given the fact that that one was one they had to win. Parramatta had three players with Guth- uh, Gutherson, uh, Moses and, and Gillard um, being pulled out for origin. And and you, had, you could say the Queensland boy too, who came back and played loose forward for them, um, had spent the week in camp. So they were at dis- a little bit of disarray, Parramatta. But they showed up, the Warriors, and they showed up and they got the job done, which cements them in the six. Um, going into these, what I think is their the two hardest games before the bye, and a pretty, what I, what I, what I call a favourable run home. Um, so given, given this game against Cronulla uh, this week, I think that game against Canberra, Canberra next week are probably the two hardest games on their run home. Two things I've noticed the Warriors this year, Kempe. Um Speed of hand delivery th- through the back line, just the catch pass, catch pass, catch it, just hot, hot, hot. And they found a way to beat the, these chasing up fast defences, which has resulted in a lot of tries to Dallin. And you see the guy's going to get the ball and the man at the same time, but they still manage to flick, flick, flick. Um, they're the only team in the comp that do that. That's that's the first thing. Well, yeah, it's, you know, like the, the lead runner, the sweet runner out the back, it's, you know, every team does it. It's like who executes it the best. And, and normally the teams that execute it the best are the teams that dominate the middle of the park. So the sweeping plays to the edges for the Dallin and the Montoyas, that will happen if you go through the middle of the park. It will actually happen a lot easier. Um, so, you know, when you're not doing that, you don't get on your front foot. You can't execute it and run onto the ball at speed and get it moved, uh, moved to that edge as fast. And, you know, they, they, they have been, I, I think, one of the, the form teams in the middle of the park. If you have a look at their forward pack, I think Aidan Fanua Blake is probably in the, in the form of his career. He'd have to be up there in the top three uh, front. You think of the origin tonight, you think he'd be one of the top four front rowers when you're playing in that mm. um, competition. Toru Harris at 13, I think he's the I think he's at the moment the premier 13. Like Cam Murray's going pretty well, but I think Toru Harris is going as well with busted knees. You know, like he's playing such a tough game when he has to carry the ball through the middle. He's got really good footwork at the line, finds his front, and so much happens behind him. But then when he decides to pass the ball, like that little pass he gave to Dills Walker where he went through the middle, like that's Toru Harris going, it is now time to play football. His decision making. It's just perfect. And of course, Dills Walker's the best 14 coming off the bench, I think. Um, in, a, in a team, especially with a forward pack going forward, because he he actually does what coaches want, and that's to make a change to the the, the team when you come on. Um, so you put all that together in the middle of the park, and you got you know obviously your Marata Norkore, who's who's a beast in defence, and Mitch Barnett comes back, it doesn't even look like he's missed ten weeks, and you know you're starting to to resemble a pretty good middle forward pack, um, and then on the back of it, Sean, you know, and I think the uh, he came of age to Luke. Uh, Metcalf on the weekend, like he had been. I was talking to Sam post um, pregame on Saturday night about Luke Metcalf, and he was going, "What do you reckon?" I said, "Mate, he's threatening. Like he's been held back by the back of his jersey. You know, he is. You know, get the get the right track. Do you you know when watching horses, you know they get a firm track, mate, and you know he can go. He's got wheels. Uh, you're like, mate. And he said, "What do you think?" I said, "Oh, he caught, he score a couple of tries. You know, like he's he's that close to scoring a couple of tries." And then he, there's a moment in that game where he gets the ball. It's the last tackle. They've got a five-man overlap, and he decides I'm actually going to go. And like when you do, when you there's a mindset for footballers. Like that's footballing. That's mm. a football brain. He says, "Oh, there's three blokes in front of me, but I'm going to go because I'll score this try." And he pops off his outside foot. So a recruiter would look at that and say, 
mate, the speed off the mark is spot on because then you look straight at the inside defender. That's what a recruitment manager would do. He'd go, right, let's look where the defender came from. Mate, he stood the inside defender up who was pushing so hard to get to him, but then he had to go through two cross tacklers to get to him. And I was just like, mate, he's he's got it. The mm. kid's got it. And I said to Sammy, he plays New South Wales, 100%. Should we have a re-listen and, and relive the joy of young Mr Metcalf's uh, wonderful, I was not not going to say return to form, and some said it's a breakout game, but a couple of tries. Let's have a listen. Posts five meters out. The Warriors are now out to the right. Here they go through the hands. Metcalf goes himself. Metcalf's in, and here it is. Luke Metcalf and Kempi the soothsayer once again. He called it before a kickoff. And Luke Metcalf, the Warriors number six, goes through seven minutes into the game. It's four points to nil. Playing the ball 10 metres out on tackle number five. Here's Metcalf. Wants to go himself. Luke Metcalf. He gets there right underneath the posts. And if Kempi didn't get it right the first time, well, he's got it right again. Two tries for Luke Metcalf. <laughs> he's a double bedpost try scorer in the Warriors. They go up 22 points to four. He's a king-size bedpost try scorer. <laughs> That's what he is. Uh, it was uh, like, you know, that, that second one was he, he, he goes through right next to the post was the one I was talking about where yeah. they lined up on the outside to score that. that. At that stage, that's when I was saying everyone's pushing through the middle and they wanted their hands on the football. And he's like, and Sammy did say, he said, he's lucky he scored that. And I'm like, yeah, man, he's lucky he scored that because he would have got a boot, a boot up the backside from the coach for not passing that football. But that's what you want to see from footballers. And I think he gets a lot of confidence in that. And, and straight away, people came in and they said, well, what happens to Tamari Mann? And, and that's what Texas is saying. Well, the thing with Tamari um, is that time is not on his side. You know what I mean? So because he's had the injury for so long and then he's had a setback and it's pushed him out another five, six weeks, it means that he has to go back in a second grade if the team is playing to its full um, quota. You know, the only way that Tamari um, will get back in that side is if there's through injury or suspension. And I think he'll work his way back in there because I think he's a better fit than a, a couple of that are on the bench at the moment. But anyway, that's I think Luke, Luke Metcalf from that game against Parramatta I actually think he starts now going into this final series if they can keep their full team on the pitch. Mm. He's actually a threat. You know, and a lot of coaches will look at him and go, mate, it's Ain't Johnson, you know, you've also now got to worry about the six because the six has he's got a great outside foot and if he decides to go and then he does get tackled because he's getting pulled down by the back of his shirt, then you've got to worry about the next one because here comes Dills Walker. You know what I mean? They're picking the spots to run. And I think that's where he's got the, t- the team at the moment. I'm really happy that they beat Parramatta on the weekend because it, it meant, you know, because the competition is so tight that they're still in the eight. But these two weeks are, the, are, are for me, are, are they like benchmark games these next two weeks? And I know mm-hmm. that Webby said we don't, we don't really use them as benchmarks. But, but well, they are. You know, because New South Wales and Queensland, they haven't got anyone um, of note in them out of, out of both their sides. Um, and next week, Canberra will be at full strength. You know what I mean? So I think defensively and offensively, you get to see the best of the Warriors up against these two teams. Brilliant, Kempi. We'll stick with the Warriors. Getting, I have to answer these text messages saying, where can we hear the rest of that Waz song? Um, Jared Cronin, our very own Jared Cronin, uh, he's got a podcast called Warriors Anonymous. It is on there. Let's make it number one on Spotify. Let's make that song up the was, up the was. We'll have a talk about them taking on the Sharks right after Johnny Max News. Just before we touch on this week's one, you've kindly been sending in a number of questions. So let's get to some. 
Uh, Kempi, let's keep your answers short so we can get through some. Why isn't rugby league mainstream in New Zealand schools? <laughs> it's deep and it's a major. Solve it and we're cooking. Yeah, I think it happens in my lifetime. And the simple answer that they're all rugby schools and uh, unfortunately rugby league doesn't get a, sh- a show on. Okay. I'd keep Metcalf on that number six for the meantime. Tamari Martin can't deny his contributions to the team. Of course, Metcalf starts. I just don't know how long it's going to take before Tamari finds himself back in the team. On Metcalf's tries, my concern is both of these tries were not the percentage plays to make. The boys can't be relying too much on luck. Uh, on luck. Well played to the young kid, though. Low percentage choices, Kempi. Well, they weren't low percentage choices. I, I tend to disagree with that because the work was done before then and they had to finish it off. So, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at two quality finishes. Uh, the Warriors have a 17-year-old second row playing New South Wales Cup called Leka Halasima. The last time I saw a player stand out like him was Sonny Fye. Have you seen him play, Kempi? He's very hard to handle. Yeah, well, I have seen him. Um, and there's another kid by the name, I can't remember his first name, Laban as well in there. I think he's 19, that kid. I think the Warriors got some very good young players and the, the sooner we get um, competitions like the Jersey Flag, Harold Matthews at the Warriors, for these kids the better because they need that week-in, week-out comp. Someone messaged actually in the last hour, but I saved it for this, talking about the Canterbury Rugby League deal signing partnership with the Bulldogs. It's a bit of a shame. I wonder if these Aussie clubs are more active in doing this type of thing compared to the Warriors. Oh, look, I don't think so at all. I, you know, The other part that you've got to realise is that um, Australian clubs also pay... Uh, what they call transfer fees, you know, and the Warriors through their... Deve- this is why it's so messy. You know, the development fees, the Warriors, uh, they don't have to pay them uh, to the districts and the, the clubs around New Zealand. So um, it's, it is absolute minefield when you start to talk about it. Uh, you, and you also have to remember, this goes back a long way. Melbourne were in Wellington and Newcastle were in Wellington when I went to sign for them. So that's a <laughs> long, long time ago. Wow. You know what I mean? So the clubs, it's not, it's not new. What's new is it's now been out there put in, the, put in the public domain. It's now right there in front of you. One more question before we touch on this week, Kempi. Now, this question I think doesn't just apply to Sean Johnson. I think it applies to a lot of, lot of players, rugby and rugby league. Why the hell does Sean Johnson always kick direct, uncontestable balls to the opposition? He would be the worst kicker in the comp. So very frustrating, kicking direct to people. Oh, that is harsh. I actually think he's got one of the better kicking games going around at the moment in the competition. Okay, all right. So just to give you a real quick... Um, I guess uh, teach to teach you a little bit about why the kicks are so direct. All right, the first thing is you can't kick the ball dead because they get an extra tackle. Okay, so you used to be able to whack the ball dead and reset your team at the fifteen, so you always knew that. Well, at least they're only twenty meters out. Mm. You get you get six tackles. Now, if you do that, seven tackles puts you under so much pressure and changes the momentum of the game. So now the kicks are more about, and because they can hit these balls so hard and so far. Like they're generally bombs, like 40 metre bombs, where teams are getting down there at a pace to try and stop the players from uh, making yardage so they can turn their forward pack around. And a lot of it is about the physicality of the players. Now, the players now, the full-time players, they're a hell of a lot of different athlete now, um, Staffy, than they were. Like if you, if you think that you can just, you know, just play around with your kicking game and let blokes just roll through you um, in the middle, if you've got a poor kicking game, you will not win a football game. It's really simple. Right, Warriors taking on the Sharks, 4 o'clock build-up from 2 o'clock at Go Media Stadium, Mount Smart. The, the 
Warriors starting lineup: Chance Nicol Klukstar, uh, Dallin Rocco, Adam Pompey, Marcelo Montoya, Luke Metcalf, Sean Johnson, uh, Adam Fanua, Blake Wade Egan, Mitch Barnett. Love Mitch Barnett. Uh, Jackson Ford. I'm loving Jackson Ford as well. Josh Curran returns and Torhu, and we have a bench of Lusick, Surinan, Ale, and Dills Walker. I like this team, Kempi. Yep. Um, look, I think that there'll be a change. I think Mitch Barnett will start next to Sean Johnson out there, so he'll move to the back row, and I think he'll move uh, maybe Tom Arlett into the starting side and put uh, Josh Curran back to the bench. So very good side. Don't get me wrong, it's basically the same side that uh, ran out against Parramatta. But they're up against a side in Cronulla that love to attack. Mm. You know, And one of the things that you, it would be really good to look at this week and I guess critique come Monday morning is how good is our defence? You know what I mean? So you know with Nico Hines, especially down the edges, Mulatalo, Talakai, um, Ramian Katoa and William Kennedy, that back five, they're going to challenge you on those edges. You know, And Britain Nakora, I don't think there is a better line running back row in the competition at the moment. I think a timely return for the Sharks of Toby Rudolph too. He was blowing after about four and a half minutes in his return last week from a long-term injury. He had some real starch to the Sharks pack. Yeah, he does. And they've got a big forward pack, you know, with um, Kafusi there as well as, uh, you know, you've got big Wade Graham on the bench. Um, it, they've got they've got players that can, very similar to the Warriors when you think about it, that can move and are of decent size. So where's the game going to be won? Well, the game's going to definitely be one in the middle of the park. You know, the, the Sean Johnson, the Nico Hines competition, mate, that's whoever goes forward. And and if you look at what Souths did the last home game, it was what um, Demetrio had said to his forward pack. Like, no matter what happens tonight with the two centres that are out, we can't do anything if you guys don't dominate the middle of the park. And I think that, that that's still hurting. That's still hurting the Warriors, and they can't wait to get out there and rip in. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I think it'll be a real tough game in the middle of the park come uh, come Sunday afternoon. You've already mentioned that matchup. Sean Johnson, Nico Hines is just just mouth-watering. This young Will Kennedy is a bit of a spark at the back for the Sharks too, isn't he? Well, he is, you know, and he's he's a try score. He can try. He can score plenty of tries too, you know. So, um, you know, it's like anything. When you've got people like that, you know, that can score plenty of points, you don't want them coming off the front foot. And if you have a look at the way that uh, um, Moylan and Hines play in and around that similar similar way that we do with that sweeping role and choosing sides, and especially the short side that Hines picks on, especially down that right edge. Um, you're gonna do you're gonna do that uh, injustice if you don't win that forward pack battle. So, I, th- I think that's the the key makeup of the night. The other part of that too is you know does Kayla decide to have her baby in in this in the short period between the, the now and the Cronulla game? Now, if Sean doesn't play, I think I think they go to short favourites Cronulla. How in rugby league in general? I was gonna say like Cronulla. They're very predictable, but they're bloody hard to stop because they're so effective with, with the, these attacking, sweeping movements. So putting your coaching hat on, like the, a lot of teams aren't hard to scout. They attack down one end. They're really effective on one edge, one edge, one edge, but they still get through. How do we fix that imbalance? Well, I, I don't see, I, unless you show up and you are prepared to roll your sleeves up, you know, and put your head in those dark places in the middle of the park. 
I don't see a lot of teams stopping that. You know, like you've got Penrith. You have a look at Penrith, for instance, Leota, Fisher-Harris. Now, they put their head in dark places. If you look at last year's grand final, right from the get-go, Leota went, right, I'm going to take the whole forward pack on. And he just led from the front. Now, when you're a halfback and you can see that happening and you can see that domination from the middle of the park, Mate, you don't even, don't have to worry about where you're going because you know you've got time on your side. And for for us, we've been challenged twice, although it had been raining in both times against the, the Roosters themselves in that middle of the park, and they've shown us how to win those games in the rain. You know, but when you when you when you analyse it, Steffi, it's all about rolling your sleeves up. So the way that the way that Nico Hines and, and people say, well, Nico Hines doesn't look like that flashier player, mate. It's not Nico Hines. It's his Ford pack. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's Ford Packers showing up week in, week out, and they're dominating the middle of the park. And they, they'll, they'll try and do the same this weekend. So, you know, the coaches will be saying, well, if we can get the upper hand, our halfback's going to be better than theirs. It's, 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 it's not rocket science. Um, I didn't mention earlier, because we're having issues with our audio on our YouTube stream, but we did have Luke Metcalf sorted for today, but because of the Rugby League Players Association <clears throat> uh, media strike, uh, media ban, I should say, um, we wear that, and we just hope that the players and the Players Association and the NRL can, can sort it out so we can have access back on a Wednesday, because I think they talk on Mondays and Tuesdays, but not Wednesdays. <laughs> but it is it's Wednesday. It's the game too, and it's of course it's the game tonight, so there's no media on game day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everyone... Everyone is banned from talking on any game day. Um, and, and, of course, State of Origin tonight. State of Origin. We'll talk about that next. Any questions for Kipi on Origin? Text them through, double eight double three, or chuck them in the YouTube box. I've got it here. I'm ready to go. And, of course, Origin is on tonight. Queensland looking yeah. to make it a clean sweep. Now, normally, Kempi, home ground advantage is a big, big thing. I yep. actually think it's in Queensland's advantage to go to Sydney and get a 3-0, they will be so motivated to can, do that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what their week's been like? Oh. I, was, I, was talking, I was talking to Aidan Rodley on the TAB as, before I came in here, and I, he's saying, can you imagine what Billy Slater and the Queensland boys are saying about how good it would be to walk into New South Wales and, uh, and hop back on your horses and ride out with, a, with, a, with, with another win? So there's no, no such thing as a dead rubber. No. You know what I mean? I'm just going to give you. I'm just going to give you one stat that has the new that should have New South Wales worrying. Nine players have been changed in and out of this team since game one. That's nine players. Now, one or two players, which is what Queensland have had to change out because you lost Reese Walsh and you've, and you've lost Thomas Fledger. Um, and they, they probably wouldn't have been changed if they well, were injured, suspended. That's right. So they would have had the same team. Now that you're talking about stability and you're talking about. A team that is so unstable. You've had the coach worries. You've you've got you know who's going to play where. Why did you choose this guy? And everything about everything else except winning this game. But then you've got a Queensland team that's coming down in the I, I think some really really good form. It, it, for me, it's um, I don't know. I don't think the writing's on the wall. I think you know, like I've said all day. You know, I think the, the, there's going to be points, and I think Queensland are going to be the ones scoring points. Big game for Tedesco. Well, and that's the other part, you know, and I feel really sorry for Teddy because, you know, speaking of Mark Gasnier um, and it about, you know, do you think Teddy should be still on the side? Well, you know, hopefully class comes through, but he's had two chances. That What a game to have to pull one out of the bag, you know. I think this is the, – the, the problem that you've got is you've got this kid at Parramatta, um, Dylan Edwards, that's going really, really well for the last two years and he can't get a shot. I think this this game is really defining for Teddy. I think that if he doesn't play well tonight, we might not see him again in an Origin jersey. 
Right, I'm going to leave Origin. I've got, a, I've got a question here because everyone's wondering about the structure of New Zealand rugby. League. got a lot of questions in it. Uh, then we'll take a break and we'll just quickly rattle through the rest of the games of, the, of, of this round of NRL. This one comes from Dom St. Kempe. If you can, please briefly summarise why there's a discord between ARL and the Warriors and what needs to happen to get the situation resolved once and forever. It's hurting both parties. Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I think the Warriors should run the Auckland Rugby League. You know what I mean? But they never will because they're, they're a standalone body. Um, the, the, the biggest problem that we got is the New Zealand Rugby League, the Auckland Rugby League and the Warriors can't get on. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Because if they got on, it would be the, to the betterment of all three. And at the moment, it's a, to the detriment of all three. 100%. 100%. Do they need a mediator? Do they, do, do they need a <laughs> peace pipe? What do they weird. need? Uh, they need the NRL to step in. 100%. Like the first thing I, you know, the first thing I would do, I'd get rid of the national office, like create a create create a Kiwis event team. a hub. Yeah, they they look after the Kiwis because there's only one game. Like to be honest, Madge, give the money back. You know, what are you getting paid for? You know what I mean? So they they need to create like a little hub for the Kiwis, but then the NRL needs to run the national game. You know what I mean? And then the Auckland the Warriors need to come together, and the and the national game looks after them. Because at the moment, no one can get on. I, look, it's, a, it's, a, it's always been like that. And the day they get that right, the three of them jump in bed together, mate, the, the quicker the game will be fixed. Does the NRL taking over the game in New Zealand ha- sounds a bit like Entain and the TAB deal? We do it We do it huge, we do it bigger, we do it better, got all the resources, we'll take away a lot of the operating costs. 100%, Steffi. 100%. Mm. Right, we've got more games to get through. We've got one break to get away. Let's not waste our time. We'll go through the rest of the round after the break. And you've joined us just in time for Rugby League Roulette. Let's whip through the big games. The big games. Bulldogs 15th, Broncos 2nd, three days after Origin. Are the Bulldogs got a chance to go 2-2, uh, two wins in a row? These are flying. They're flying just having one on the weekend. Uh, Adam Reynolds still playing. I think that, you know... Maybe giving the Bulldogs a little bit too much here. I'm back in the Broncos. Manly take on the resurgent Cowboys. If you didn't know they were ninth and you watched the last few games, you'd think they were top three. I'll tell you what, you'd be, you'd be a brave man backing against the Cowboys. Roosters with their best lineup potentially all year, taking on uh, the Storm, who I think need new spark plugs. Is something not quite wrong right under the hood no, there? 40 0. Uh, up to in the last game that they played, I, look, I think uh, Roosters might get him, might get him in this one. Um, they've been been a bit scratchy the storm, so they'll be they'll be glad Origins over. Uh, Dolphins Panthers, uh, Dolphins at home. They, they were on the skids. They snuck one out. Game, but of the, game of the round, mate. Is it? Yep, game of the round for me. Felice Kafusi's back. Yep, and I think the Dolphin Dolphins have been waiting to get Pan- the Panthers up there. This is their grand final. I see um, Nathan Cleary has been named in the 24 jersey. That's that's just a smoke screen, isn't it? He doesn't play, does he? 100%. You think he plays? One, 100%. You think he plays? It's grand final. Wow. And then, of course, uh, the mighty one New Zealand Warriors at Go Media Stadium, Mount Smart, uh, the Warriors. day after the All Blacks chew up the ground. Yeah. Remember the last, I think me and you probably having a beer at this this time and they played the All Blacks on the Saturday us on the Sunday at yes. Athletic Park yes that's right that's a, like, I think that's the only last time I can remember that happening is that right so the Warriors are sixth, table, sixth on the table the Sharks are the third the implications of a win and the implications of a loss well outside the eight 
got to be careful because you're uh, you're two points outside the eight. Uh, I think I I've said this all along. They've got to win the next two games. Mm. You know, and I think if they win the next two games, then they're a chance of the four. If they don't, then I think they have to fight it out to get in the eight. Right. You're looking forward to the game, eh? Calling it with Sammy. Oh, can't wait. Go Media Stadium. We have our build-up from two and then the game play-by-play with Sammy and Kempe. That will be coming to you live here on SCNZ on the wireless or on the app. And, of course, that's a big thanks to South Seas Healthcare. They're just the best in the business. St- Staffy, Jeremiah Nanai, first try scorer tonight. I'm on. I'll get on. The run home's next.